What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bat Flipped. It's been, what, three weeks since we've done an episode? We've been trying to wait for all this news to come out. And there's been plenty of stuff to talk about, but we're, we're waiting for, it's for more far, news. It's been far too long, but we are excited to finally be back. We've got, like, a few things to talk about today. Not crazy long episode, I don't think, but we'll be able to, to have some... Some good uh, conversation and some maybe some debate and possibly a rant or two about this whole deal not coming together so far. Yeah, there's a lot. So let's kind of give the brief outline here, Aaron. What do you got? A few things. So we got minor league cuts. We got negotiations between the Players Association and the owners and some random third party that doesn't need to be involved with it at all. But whatever. Uh I'm starting to feel like the season's not going to happen this year, which is unfortunate. Um, we got how owners are trying to use stadiums to help bring in as much revenue as they can. We got major league players that are trying to step up to cover people's minor league salaries and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's unfortunate, this whole minor league uh, what would you say, situation, Yeah, to I put mean, it lightly. We got, really what it boils down to is we have a bunch of organizations that are having to cut their minor league players because that's ultimately that's going to be the first thing to go. Right now it's just a money pit. There's nothing that they can get out of it. There's All they do is they have money going out, and even more so than major leagues they have nothing coming back in even if the season were to start they wouldn't have anything coming back in well like i said before i think there will be no minor league baseball this year no because the season is too short right the, t- the season typically runs until the end of august maybe labor day weekend plus you got playoffs but it's usually over within the first week or two of september right so the problem with the minor league stuff is like i said i think it's it's a wash uh, a lot of these players were probably going to be waived or released anyway. So, yes, it's a big deal that almost a 1,000 players have been released. And it's too bad that probably a decent majority of them will not be playing baseball anymore uh, in their future. Yeah, there's a lot of players in there that this was it. Like, yeah, especially the lower. Who knows if they're going to come back. Especially for those guys that that are quote unquote older, right? Twenty four, right. twenty five years old, double A ball. Right. Like they probably weren't going to make it to the big leagues. So now why waste the money on them? Right. So there's a lot of players that'll probably end up playing independent ball, maybe, but will probably not be an affiliated baseball anymore, uh, and it's too bad because I'm very mean, unfortunate. I we love minor league baseball, especially because we have a team here. Right. Uh, and AAA, most of the players have a realistic shot of making it to the big leagues. But, you know, like the towns, like the stock in Stockton, which is a single-A team, or the right. A's, or San Jose, or the Giants, you know, it's just those high, those single-A teams, a lot of those players are just, they're, they're, they're gone. You know, unless you're a superstar top 50 prospect. Right. The and, worst part is I, I don't think either of us ever thought we were going to get to this point. Like, we had no way of knowing, but at least for me, like, I didn't think that it was, everything was going to get this out of hand. But 
ultimate, I mean, unfortunately, that this is where we've ended ended up. We have a lot of sports that are starting to come back. Well, NBA and NHL have started floating proposals about their seasons coming back. NHL's back now. Supercross foregoing the rest of the regular season. It's jumping straight to the playoffs. So pretty much right now, the only two sports, like mainstream sports that aren't back is NBA and baseball. But NBA at least has a plan in place from what I heard. I haven't looked a lot at it, but I have heard that they have at least some solid proposals going out for that. Supercross came back uh, today. They had a race today. And NASCAR's run, what, six races now in the last couple of weeks, three yeah. weeks? Yeah. So. They've been busy. It's been, I mean, if it comes back that every other sport, quote unquote, every other sport, right? I know, like, there's some sports that are less watched, like bowling is back. and <laughs> <laughs> Right? I've yeah. seen, like, the ads Mookie for that. Mookie Betts is stoked. Yeah. Uh, like, if baseball is the only major sport to not be able to figure this out it, and come back, it is going to be so bad for in the future. Not just not just this short term. It's going to affect it long term. It all to me, it already looks bad. Like, and I, we talked about this before, but it you can't come to an agreement when there's millions of dollars still on the table, and you can't figure it out. Like you're gonna lose money this year. You're no matter what happens. You're talking about playing half the games with no fans. Everybody's gonna lose money. Well, let's take a mini step back from that. Texas announced this week or this last week that they're going to allow fans at sporting events at twenty five percent capacity. Right. So when hypothetically, right, when NASCAR goes back there in what, like, the next weekend or week after. Yeah. They're going to be there soon. The Texas Motor Speedway holds 160,000 people. So think about it, 40,000 people at at the race. So what's that going to look like? So, but it's still, (laughs) the article I was reading was talking about how uh, they are allowing fans, but only in outdoor arenas. Technically, Houston and... Globe Life Field, even with retractable roofs and everything, still considered indoors. Okay. I hadn't so, read that. So even despite baseball coming back, and you have dome stadiums that, say, other states start to follow Texas, like Florida or whoever, still can't do it. It's, so, Yeah, I mean, I get the indoor thing, but it's the same, I guess... I don't know, cause like just thinking about it, yeah, the roof. I mean, it's gonna be hot. it's hot in Texas right now. I'm sure, so they yeah. probably couldn't play with the roof open even if they wanted to. Right. But they could still. I don't know the whole the whole you touched on a second ago about like the fans not being at games and, and organized events like that. So that kind of circles me back to the original deal between the owners and the players. Yeah. When. The players had agreed to, and the owners also had agreed to this uh, prorated system, right? right? You play 81 games, you get paid for 81 games. Right. You play 115 games, you get paid for 115 games. Right. I haven't read the the ins and outs or the logistics of the deal that they signed. I don't know if it was ever made public to be read. Kind of. They So it was, you're, you're getting paid... 
for 82 games or whatever, but at a lower rate than the initial proposal because there's not going to be fans or anything like that. So I, I let me finish. I'm going to finish my thought here real quick. So when it comes to needing the needing the actual language, right? right? Which, like I said, I don't know if it was ever made public. But the owners and players both agreed to this deal about prorated salaries. Mm-hmm. So just in layman's terms, if you're making thirty million this year, you'll make fifteen if you play eighty-one games. Right. Right. Am I right in that thinking? Yeah. Now, what? happened was apparently from what i've heard that deal was only contingent on whether or not there would be fans if there were fans in the seats and they could sell tickets and concessions and all this other stuff then that deal would have been good but from what again what i've heard is since there will be no fans in the seats for any of these games Apparently, that gave the owners a right to come back to the table with a new proposal. Right. And it is a joke, in my opinion. Uh, I, I am on both sides of the fence here. And you can say what you will about being on both sides of the fence. Right? I want to side with the players because there's only 40 people in the world that have the elite skill set that you have at you know your given position. Right. Right? You can't just go off the street and find another guy like Mike Trout or Mookie Betts to play center field for your team. So I get that these guys are elite athletes and they should get their due. But then again, I also, I also want to side with the owners on this because it is a business and the owners need to find a way to make it profitable. Even though they're going to lose money, it still is a business and it's an investment. So you want to kind of protect that. By yeah, by not paying an enormous amount of money for a short window of, of baseball games. So here, here's my thing is I feel like Chipper Jones said it best. And he was quoted saying that during these times where essentially the country has a bunch of people that are either out of work or not able to pay their bills for one reason or another. They don't want to see these players that are still making millions of dollars. They don't want to see them complaining and bitching that they're not making enough. Like, that's not what this country needs right now. If you want to be, you know, baseball for the longest time has been thinking about how, how do we get, how do we thrust ourselves into the spotlight like we used to be, like, NFL is now like all these other sports like how do we get back to that well it's sure as shit not doing this true you have owners and players nickel and diming each other because I want more money or I don't want to spend this much money or whatever I'm not saying it's just on the players or it's just on the owners it's both but if you ask me the owners have agreed on a plan like they're they've still agreed that hey we're going to lose our asses on this deal, but we still want a season. But the players don't want to do it. I get it. Like, you're talented. You're going to have to be away from your family at some point or another for whatever reason, and I don't know exactly how long. But they're still trying to make something happen, so you're still making money. Never mind the fact if there's no season, you're not really going to make any money. 
True. Nobody I, is. The, the TV deals and stuff are what make all these super mega contracts like Bryce Harper, Manny right. Machado, Mike Trout get, and Christian Yelich too. Right. That the TV deals are what makes all this happen. But it's somewhere, I'm kind of rough guesstimating because I saw a stat about it and I don't know how true it was. I want to say something around 30 to 40% of a team's revenue mm-hmm. is from butts in the seats. Right. So if you're losing that much revenue, if you put it into perspective, if you make a million dollars, you're losing 400000 of it. So, you know, you're only, make, only quote, well, unquote, making 600000 I mean, if you want a number, I'll give you a number. There was an article and it said just from fans not being in seats this season for baseball, the owners are losing out on $4 billion. I mean, that's... As not- a collective... That's not, I mean thirty teams, right? Just from fans, like that's a that's a massive number. Like I know you know you have owners of each team that are like, oh, these people are worth this much money, right? But still, you you four billion dollars just I'm, gone. That's a lot of money to lose out on, right? And a lot of that probably goes to paying the players. But you still see these guys wanting to get teams onto the field because ultimately, like you were saying, it's a business. They want to scrape together as much as they can to try to recuperate from all of this. And if they don't play games at all, which I did see a a quick little headline that some owners are in favor of just not playing baseball this year uh, because then they don't have to pay any salary and they can recoup some of the losses that they would get hypothetically if the game was played. Which that, that... That frustrates me. Like, I just you, your uh, starting nine podcast said it best when they were like, "These are risks that you take upon yourself when you decide to own a team." True. Something like this happens, you still need to step up and pay people. Absolutely. Even if it's at a lesser amount, you know you can't pay Mike Trout or Bryce Harper like their astronomical yearly amounts. Because of what's going on, like and how much money that is, you're not going to bring in that much money to pay them plus the rest of your payroll. But you still need to be doing something. You got to do the right thing, right? You, not you, just cut everybody and furlough everybody. I understand, like there's there's reasons that you have to do that, but still, I I don't I understand, but I don't agree with it. Right. Well, some of the teams that are doing the right thing by paying, there's only a couple of teams that are that are doing this. Right. Uh, the list is up to four. Four teams. Careful. Are have committed to paying all of their minor leaguers through the end of the normal minor league season, which is August thirty first. One team has decided to pay them through September 7th, so an extra week, which helps, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, those four teams are the Twins, the Royals, the Red Sox, and everybody's favorite team that likes to bang on trash cans, the Houston Astros. <laughs> all of those four teams have announced that they're going to be paying all their minor league players through the normal minor league season. But it's not their normal salary. Right. It's the $400 a week that we keep hearing about, which helps some. I mean, four hundred dollars a week in like nor in quote unquote normal people terms, right? I mean, 
with my job, it's I make almost, slightly more than that. Yeah. But for minor league players that may only make thirty-five dollars to $40,000 a year, right? It's, I'm sure that's a welcome sign, and they're not going to turn it down. No. So it's good for those teams to be doing that kind of stuff because and, – and, and I think not, and these teams also are not going to be laying off any employees, and they're right. going to be paid like they were working every day. So I don't know what that means for – I'm sure that means like their front office people. I don't know what that means for the stadium workers, right, the grounds crew or yeah. the, the concession stands or the hot dog guys that go up and down the aisles, you know. I don't know about any of that, but but it's a good a good sign. I think that we'll probably see more teams step up and do this because it's kind of a bad look if you're a team like yep. Oakland. Oh, yeah. Who has decided they're not paying anybody. Uh, starting tomorrow, which would be June first. Right. It. I don't. I, like this whole thing. I'm interested to see with all of the other sports coming back. I'm interested to see if something comes out of the woodworks and they're able to make it happen. But like the other day, it, it's so out of hand right now. The other day, you had Trevor Bauer shooting a tweet out to. Uh, I think it was directed to one of Scott Boris's, Scott Boris's uh, clients, but essentially he was telling Scott Boris, like, you need to stay in your lane. This is not – you have nothing to do with the Players Association and these, these negotiations. Like, you're not negotiating a single-player contract. This is something to get a season going – this has nothing to do with you. So there's no reason for you to be in it. And you have someone like him just dip, you know, sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Stuff like that just slows it down when maybe they were making strides to get to the right, you know, the right agreement for the season to happen. Yeah, so this Scott Boris deal, I've got it pulled up here. Basically, Scott Boris sent an email that was intercepted or has come to the light of ESPN, and or it was obtained by the Associated Press, which is what ESPN says. But according to them, uh, Scott Boris sent an email that said, remember, quote, remember, games cannot be played without you. Players should not agree to further pay cuts to bail out the owners. Let the owners take some of their record revenues and profits from past several years and pay you the prorated salaries that you agreed to, which, interjecting here, which we already kind of talked about, uh, getting back to it, let owners take some of their record revenues and profit, profits from the past several years and pay you the prorated salaries you agreed to accept or let them borrow against the asset values they created from the use of those profits players generated. Now, that if there are no players on the field, the owners don't make the money that they make, right? So Correct, I kind of feel... You want to talk about record revenues that they've been making and how they need to put that toward uh, this year? Like... What about toward the massive contracts that we've seen come out the last few years because of the record revenue that they've been making? I also feel like, just on a quick tangent, I feel like there's such a divide in the amount that the top players make compared to the guys that are like kind of in the middle of the road. Yeah, or but maybe who, not. who represents all these top guys? That's true. That's it's what Boris. I'm saying. It's Scott like, Boris. But he's the one that's saying that they need to be paying more. You've already made them pay more. Absolutely. Because you've stuck your nose in to represent these players 
and you've gotten them more money. But now you're asking for more still. So the the new deal that the the owners had proposed and it's kind of a in my opinion it's a joke for how much money they were going to they were going to cut. So the league minimum is 500 and Now, that would be dropped to $262,000, which doesn't sound too bad, but that's less than half. Yeah. Um, But that would make Garrett Cole's contract $35-$36 million. I know we're talking millions of dollars that none of us will ever see. Right. Down to, quote-unquote, only, if you want to use that term, around $8 million. Right. And this was the first year that Garrett Cole was going to be making big money, right? Because he he wasn't necessarily making league minimum because of all the arbitration and right. and all that stuff. But, yeah, this was like the first year that he was going to be making big money. So I get that players that sign these that these, sign these deals or even new deals, right? Like you look at Yasmani Grandal, who signed yeah. the new deal with the White Sox, who's going to be making some decent money. Now they're going to be making – you know, less than they were way less than they were making even in arbitration before they signed this new free agent contract. Well, if you want to go there, look at this. You have Mookie Betts, who after arbitration was set to make $23 million, gets traded to the Dodgers. Isn't he at 28? Uh, even if he is, whatever. He gets set to make like the largest arbitration deal ever in one year. Right now he's not making any money. Right. Zero. And if there's not a season, he's still making no money. So it's not like they're they're offering you money still. Yeah, they're not making But if you think about it, their season is going to be starting now if they agree on anything. Right. And they're only going to pay through the end of the season, which is going to be less. And again, you don't have any of the normal income that you have whether it be ticket sales or uh, merchandise sales, that kind of stuff, it's going to have to be less because that's still such a huge piece that these owners are missing out on. I know that like every little bit helps, right? You get 40,000 people buying hot dogs, but I... Well, they're we $18 hot dogs. Well, right, so, so uh, when we went to San Francisco to watch the Phillies last year, last August... I bought six hot dogs and two large sodas, and it was like $38. Yeah. Right? So you get... I got one tall beer, <laughs> and I just about passed out when the guy was like, that's $18. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Yeah, so you get... No. You get... Nope. You you know, you get 20,000 people, yeah. pay $20 a piece. It adds up. That's $400,000 in concessions just right. on that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a compounding thing, right? So... By not having those 20,000 people buy that $18 beer, they're yeah. losing that $200,000, right. right? And that's a daily thing yeah. for a lot of parks. Like if you're in Tampa Bay, it's you know like a Saturday thing. But um, what drives – I guess what drives me more nuts and what I keep thinking about is who are the people that make a percentage off of what the players make in that year? Agents. Absolutely. So what's Scott Boris ultimately fighting for? Well, he's fighting himself. For, for more money for himself. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Garrett Cole's not making his massive contract I just helped him get? No, I'm not okay with that. No. Yeah. 
screw you. And he's you're the not only, the one playing. Well, and he's the only agent that said anything. I haven't seen anything from other agencies no. that that are that are have you know players under the, that they represent. First of all, I'm pretty sure he's the only one that has the balls to do it because of what his name carries. But you want to talk about he's already being like people are already considering him to be single-handedly destroying the game of baseball because of how much money he's causing these owners to need to pay for these big-name players. Right. And you're continuing to prove them right by doing this. So continuing on with what Scott Boris said in this email, he says, If this was just about baseball, playing games would give the owners enough money to pay the players their full prorated salaries and run the baseball organization. The owner's current problem is a result of the money they borrowed when they purchased their franchises, renovated their stadiums, or developed land around the ballparks. Guess who still benefits from that? Oh, I... I, The players. Yeah. Uh, Going on, he says, This type of financing is allowed and encouraged by Major League Baseball because it has resulted in significant franchise valuations. Now the owners want players to take additional pay cuts to help pay these loans. They want a bailout. They're not offering players the share of the stadiums, ballpark villages, or the club itself, even though salary reductions would help owners pay for these valuable franchise assets. These billionaires want the money for free, which I'm sure Scott Boris is a billionaire at this point. Right. Uh, no bank would do that. Players, or sorry, Banks demand loans be repaid with interest, and players should be entitled to the same respect. And that's, <laughs> that's the full quote. These players should be asking for money back from Scott Boris. Like, hey, you helped me get this contract. But now I'm not getting it. So how about some of that money I gave you? How about I get that back? Yeah, how about I get that back? Yeah, I'm sure I like, keep arguing for that. Well, and the thing is, like, this really hurts, like I was saying before, it, it does hurt the players at the top end, the Manny Machados, the Bryce Harpers, the, you know. The Mookie Betts, the Mookie Betts, Right, so it does affect them some, but it affects the players, in my opinion, that are on, like, the lower level. More. Yeah. Because those top level players all have endorsements. Yeah. With Under Armour, the Nike, lower level players. whoever, Franklin, Gloves, uh, you know, Rawlings. They're still probably getting what their due is from these endorsements that they have. I don't know for sure, but I can, I'd assume that. They the, are. These other players that are kind of just breaking into the league, like my opinion, the Max Kepler's yeah. or, or the Tommy Lastella's of the world that don't have these mega deals with endorsements and sponsorships, they're the ones that are getting hurt because their income is probably still significantly lower. It's severed. Right. You know, I don't remember what the deal was, but Bryce Harper's deal with Under Armour is probably, I think it was reported as the largest. It was the largest endorsement deal ever ever. in baseball. Exactly. So he's still getting paid from Under Armour, whether or not they're playing baseball games. He's Mm -hmm. not getting his He's still representing Under Armour. Right, he's not getting the 30-whatever million he's supposed to be getting from Philadelphia at this right. point. But he's still making a lot of money on the under Yeah, but you look at these other guys, and you you think, you're like, oh, they got to be making money, too, off other stuff. No, not really. Yeah. They, they don't they, have any large money endorsement deals. They might have little endorsement deals. Or their deal might just be they get all their gear for free. They get free bats. They or get that, free or, or we'll give you $1,000 every game you play. Oh, weird. We're not playing any games. Right. So you're not getting paid. Yeah. No. It's a, it's a big deal, like, and I think that the owners stand to, well, I don't want to say this, like verbatim, but I think the owners stand to lose more than the players do by not by not playing. And it, but it the, frustrates me too. There was Blake Snell made his comment, like, I've enjoyed following him, 
you know, with the, the show playing and all of that stuff. But he made the comment about how him having to take a prorated contract wasn't worth the risk of, you know, putting yourself at risk and missing part from your family and all this kind of stuff. The only reason there's even talks of a season is because they're literally trying to eliminate 95% of the risk that there is involved with it. I'm pretty sure with the precautions that they're trying to take, you run a risk, a higher risk of getting hit with a comebacker like in the face than you do with getting sick. Yeah. So I'm trying to like think about this, like how NASCAR does it, right? So obviously you NASCAR has 38, 36 to 40 drivers in the Cup Series. Plus, they do have limited numbers on their crew that they are mm-hmm. allowed to bring, which I think is six or seven members per team. Yeah, and normally they have like a backup crew that they right. can't bring. So that's the driver plus the crew plus all the people that are working, TV crews, whatever. Right. I'm sure – so and you have at least two series going at the same time, right? So the, uh, the NASCAR Cup race was today. And tomorrow night was supposed to be run Saturday night. So Monday night, they're going to be running the Xfinity race. And I'm sure most of the cup guys will be gone by then, obviously. But you still have two series worth of cars and crews and and rules officials and whatever at a racetrack. Maybe figure out how, I mean, they're doing temperature checks. They're doing all this other stuff. Once once they get, and it's different because baseball, you're playing every day and you might, I don't know, some parks have hotels built into them, like Miami, Toronto. Yeah. Those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head. But you've got... San Diego. You've got... No, San Diego doesn't have a hotel. Oh, they have one It's right across the street. street it's yeah. right across the street. But you've got... Basically, at the track, it's... With NASCAR, the crew and the driver and everybody gets to the track. They're temperature tested when they arrive and multiple times during the weekend... And they don't leave the track until the event is over. Right. You can't necessarily do that last part with Major League Baseball because you're not going to lock a lock them into a ballpark for three games, 72 right. hours, and not allow them to leave. So they're going to have to have some kind of interaction at a hotel somewhere or whatever. But find out how these guys are doing it, how they're mitigating the risk. There was a whole laundry list of rules that I could read and just bore everybody to death that I had the article pulled up that was released last week about how you're not supposed to spit, no sunflower seeds, wash your hands, you know, with, you know, when you get into the dugout, sanitize your hands. Like, right. what are you going to, I don't, there's, it's, you know, don't shower in the clubhouses. Yeah. You know, it's. You can't use the excuse of, oh, I'm putting myself at risk. No, they're almost making your life a living hell because they're trying to eliminate all of the risk. They're taking away all of these things that you're used to doing. If you want to have an argument, you talk about how much baseball players are creatures of habit, and they're eliminating all of those habits. Right. You can't chew tobacco because you can't spit. You can't chew sunflower seeds because you can't spit. Can't lick your hand. You can't can't lick your fingers. Can't chew gum because you can't spit. Like, yeah, you can't lick your hands. You can't touch your face. You can't. Do all of this. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. That's more of a reason than, oh, I'm just, I'm putting myself at risk of getting sick. Well, surprise, you run the same amount of risk getting the flu or anything else. Yeah. Like, stop. 
what what's the underlying reason that you don't want to do this? Money. Money. Absolutely. And that's what he that's pretty much what he said. I I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but it was yeah, something along the lines of like he's you know, worked his whole life to get to where he is and I appreciate that. Yeah. Right? He and not to you, bounce around. I you get your I can due. respect that. You get you've, your due. You've worked your ass off to get to where you're at. Right. To make this money. Generational wealth. Well, he doesn't have but, that yet. But you've gotten there. Right. By preaching to everyone that you're so blessed to be playing the game that you love. And all you want to do is really just play the game that you love. Well, now they're giving you that opportunity. Yeah. But now hey, it's going to come at a pay cut. Now you're crying. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's just too bad that, in my opinion, that the money is the big hang up here. Yeah. And everybody's going to have to give some, right? The owners have to flex a little bit. The players have to flex a little bit. And, you know, I don't know how many people it takes to put on a Major League Baseball game. Right? You got to have someone run the gates to let the players in. Yeah. You just... I'm sure it's over 100 people. Easily. Oh, absolutely. Especially... Maybe even two. Yeah. You got the grounds crew. You got, you know, you name it. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to get into the whole list of that, but... I'm sure that there's a way they could figure out a way to to get it done. And if if money were not an issue, I think that they'd be playing right now. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 ways to get around the the health and safety or integrate it however you want, but it's the money. And it always has been the money and it always will be the money. Yeah. Right? In my opinion, and I'm going to segue off of this a little bit because we need to talk about the potential ramifications of the collective bargaining agreement, which expires at the end of 2021. This is very quickly becoming a massive deal for that. It is. It is. And and I think what needs to happen here is maybe the two sides, while they're negotiating, and I don't know how much they'll be able to do with this, but while they're negotiating this deal, they need to kind of figure out the framework or guidelines of what each side wants in the collective collective bargaining agreement in 2021. Before we have a lockout, another strike, right. and an issue in 2022. And we're in, yeah, we're in the same position this time next year. Well, no, two years from now, 22. Or, oh, whatever. Right? They need to kind of figure out a deal, at least a framework of a deal now, even if they can't negotiate during the regular season and whatever. But they need to kind of figure out where each side is now. Yeah. And I can tell you right now that both sides are going to want more money. So how are they going to figure that out? Maybe right. maybe have to maybe some of these owners will want to get rid of this whole luxury tax thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think baseball ever should go to a salary cap. I don't agree with that at all. I think I think the players should get paid what they're, you know, what needs. I don't want Whatever it to turn they're in, valued at right. I don't want it to turn into and this is not a knock on the NBA, but I don't want it to turn into the NBA or the NFL yeah. where. Where you're like super max contract, right? We got the max contract, and it's like, oh well, I've got three guys at the max, and now I have to pay six guys league minimum, and I can't afford to play to pay, you know, because I'm with with basketball, it's different because you have what ten guys on the team, baseball you got twenty five, right, and you got forty, right? You got forty on your on your full roster, mm-hmm. but at least twenty five of them 
are making, you know, at least league minimum. So if you start doing that, you know, the Mike Trouts of the world who are going to make hypothetically $40 million and the salary cap's 120, there's a third of your salary, a right. third of your salary in one player, right? How are you going to do that? So I don't think the baseball should ever have a salary cap because if teams, I, if they want to have competitive teams, I, who let's just say like, okay, so Chris Bryant, who's going to be a free agent in a mm-hmm. couple of years, Wants to go play with Bryce Harper in Philadelphia and make $300 million? Hypothetically, I don't think he's going to get that. But a team shouldn't be handicapped by that. A player should be able to play where they want to play. And that's the point of free agency. It shouldn't be limited by money. And that's what's different about baseball than all the other sports. Right. So so anyway, yeah, this whole whole deal... It's opening up a can of worms that I don't think the MLB really ever wanted. But they're being exposed right now. Definitely. And they need to figure this out. These next three years are going to be critical. I'm not saying Major League Baseball is ever going to go away, like shut down and not be heard of again. But no, but in, these like next in the years, article that I read, how many people are just going to be fed up at, quote unquote, the politics of baseball and just move on to something else? Yeah. You know, and, and baseball is the one sport that is played. Well, yeah, the one sport that is played every single day. Right. You know, basketball, hockey, it's like every other day. Football is once a week for your, for your team. Right. Right? There's four days a week that football is on the end. But, you know, baseball, your team plays pretty much every day. You know, they'll have a day off every couple of weeks. Right. But it's the one sport that I feel like is, would hurt the most. And like I said, these next three years, this year, 20, 21, and 22, are going to be huge make-or-break years. And if it if explodes, like a lot of people think is going to happen, could happen. Right. It could take ten or fifteen years before baseball comes back to prominence again, yeah. and we're not ever going to have a nineteen ninety eight home run race to bring it back from the brink from like ninety four ninety five. Right. We're not going to ever have that again. Right, and that's the other thing. You want to talk about how you want to make all of this money and. Because of the sport that you're in. Well, if baseball has some kind of collapse, you're not going to get that money. Because that money's not coming in. Look at the, like we were saying before, look at these players, these young players that have just broke into the league. Tatis or Guerrero. (laughs) Kevin Kevin Biggio. Or, you know, any of these super young players that just broke in. What's free agency going to look like in six years? Probably not very well if we keep going down this road. Exactly. And these players are the next Bryce Harper, next Mike Trout, of you know, the next Christian Yelich, right? right? These players, if everything goes as projected, are going to be the next superstars. These guys are 20, 21 years old. And my little brother, who's 13, is going to grow up watching these guys more than he's going to grow up watching Mike Trout or... David Ortiz. Right. You know, so it's one of those things where you've got to figure it out so that when you know these 10 12 year olds are playing baseball they see these guys and they're like oh i want to be like them as opposed to like oh we're so greedy that we don't want to pay them and and now these you know who knows when they're 12 years old but these players that could have a huge bright future in baseball choose other sports because they don't want to deal with all the drama that's going on with baseball right now yeah all eyes are on you exactly so you know what is cool on a on a brighter side, you do have players like for well, at least one player 
that's been thrusted into the spotlight, uh, David Price, who is paying. The Dodgers aren't one of the team the teams that's paying their minor league players, but David Price, who again himself is not getting paid right now, at it least contract money. It hasn't even played a game for the Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> is paying Dodgers all Dodger minor leaguers a thousand dollars. So I. I that's not a small chunk of change. When and you talk just, about the whole minor yeah, league system. Just shelling it out like, hey, here you go, you know, for what it's worth. Here's money for you. But you have, like, not not to sound like now I'm jumping to the other side, but you have owners that are worth insane amounts of money, especially the Dodgers. Well, like, let me. The Dodgers, the Yankees, like the huge market teams like right. that. Well, even the owner. Give something. Even of the owner. Even the owner of the Oakland A's is worth like three billion, mm-hmm. and they're not paying anybody. Like I said before, so yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, like I said, David Price probably hasn't even met ninety nine percent of these minor league players, and he's it's just the organization. It doesn't matter the people that you've met. That is your organization. No, now. exactly. But I'm just saying, it's like if I'm some, you know, rookie ball player. And I'm just trying to cut my teeth in the big leagues or in the minor league system. And right. maybe it's my first ever professional season and I'm not making any money. You know, it's like, oh, this guy who is a major league player for the last 10 years, at least, you know, 10, 15 years is trying to support me. Right. That's cool. You know, that's good. And it, he's not the only player that's done it. Right. There's been a few other players that have. Done yeah. It. But it's good. It's a good look for David Price. It's not a good look for Major League Baseball in general. Again, like, yeah, this, it's insane. But, uh, so to, to kind of change topics, uh, I have an idea. What's that? Let's, uh, let's get you and I and all of our fans just to chip in to rent an MLB stadium for the night. No, apparently that's what some stadiums are doing. Minor league. Whatever. Okay, sorry. Minor league stadium. <laughs> Either way, still, a baseball stadium. Rent it for the night on Airbnb. Do whatever we want. Like I the think, ultimate slumber party. I think there's like, I can't remember all of them, but I've heard of like three of them that are doing it. One of them is in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, I think the other one is the double A for the Twins, but I don't remember what team that is. And there was one other one I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, it's 1500 a night. And you get full access to the clubhouses, to the field, to anything in the ballpark that you want. I mean. I mean, I'm I'm talking we we grab our we grab our bats. Yep. And we have a home run derby. Yep. On on the baseball field. Well, they have pitching machines, so we could use those. No, we'll just we bring have- our slow pitch stuff and just softballs yeah that'll work well (laughs) although i don't think either of us would really have the power to even hit a home run in a big or in a minor i'd be willing to try on that on that size field i don't think yeah i don't know we could try it out i mean i'd be willing to try i just swing for the fences i mean it'd be hard to do it here in reno because our we have like a green monster you know it's like 30 feet tall and one of the deepest minor league center fields i think it goes 424 in right center yeah it's insane. But yeah, yeah, we we should definitely figure out a way to do this. That that would be 
That would be pretty fun. I mean, if if the Aces decide to list their ballpark on Airbnb, I'm in. We're doing it. <laughs> I don't know how we'd afford it, but I'm in. <laughs> we got credit cards. Eh. Or not. I mean, I have one. It it doesn't have a limit nearly <laughs> that high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So you were saying earlier at the beginning that you don't you're starting to think there won't be a major league season this year. Correct. Is it just because of the money thing or is there something else like what what what's what's the hurdles that would stop it from happening in your opinion? Well, I mean, money is a huge factor to it, but there's you look at how many states there are that have teams in it. Major league I think is 18. Right. Okay. So you have states like mainly California that has three major league teams in it. Five. Five. Jesus Five major league Christ. teams. <laughs> yeah. Both LA teams, San Francisco, Oakland, and San Diego. There you go. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I went golfing earlier. I'm exhausted. So, but <laughs> they can't do anything. There's no, still no organized team activities, nothing. Well, San Francisco did roll out a plan that would see that the players could access the ballpark and facilities for training purposes. But uh, no games. But no games yet, no. Right. But they would open the park to the players to be able to train in San Francisco. Okay, but there's still Oakland, L.A., where L.A. is talking about being on lockdown until August. Right. There's not going to be a baseball season without the Angels or the Dodgers. Well, didn't... Especially when the Dodgers are considered the front runner. Well, wasn't it right after they announced that, that they said they'd figure out a way to make the ballparks accessible? Sure. I, mean, I think that there's... Yeah, we'll figure out a way. <laughs> it's the media, dude. Come on. I think... I don't know. I think for sporting events, they'll figure out ways to make it happen. But I get you're saying... Right, and there's and there's so many rules and regulations that are different. I, I think that might even be the thing above the money factor is how many things would need to change to get this season to happen. You know, with there being no fans, there's no dugout access. Right. What does that mean for the bullpen? You have one bullpen catcher and one bullpen pitcher, or like one person warming up. You can't have 10 guys in the bullpen like you normally do. Well, I think they were talking about if they did that, they would use the sections around the dugout to distance themselves. Okay, still, you have players in the fan or in the stands mm-hmm. celebrating. Like, you can't high-five. <laughs> yeah, like, what happens when, the, when uh, there's a walk-off win? Uh, right. Uh, God, who was that? Uh, um, Dallas Braden. Yeah. On starting nine was like, how is that going to look? Like You just got like jazz hands when, <laughs> when someone hits a walk-off home run. Like, woo, yeah. Can't high-five. You can't do any of that. So it's boring television. Like, cool, they hit a walk-off home run, but... No matter what, you want to hear the fans' reaction. You can't have that. You want to watch the players celebrate. You can't have that because they can't touch each other. Like, no high fives, no, you know, home plate mobs. Right. None of that can happen. 
You know, you got guys in in the on deck circle. Are they going to make them wear masks? No, they said on field the players would not wear masks. Okay. So in the in the dugout maybe or in the stand or if they're, if yeah they're while sitting, they're not maybe yeah but they said on the field the players would not wear masks. But so kind of a tangent, if uh, you want to talk about because in spring training a big thing that came about was miking up all of the players during the regular season. I'm just saying this would be a perfect opportunity for that. I did hear that if football start or when football starts up, because Lord knows nobody's going to miss out on football. Right. But uh, with no stands, I did hear that Fox was talking about piping into the broadcast the crowd noise, like a fake crowd noise. Because it's like, didn't the Falcons get in trouble for that? No, this would be just for the broadcast. It wouldn't be piped through the stadium. It would just be on the broadcast. (laughs) And the reason they're doing it, you want to know the reason why they're doing this? Is because all the talk that happens on the field, they would not want that to be broadcast through the oh, field yeah. mics. No, it's bad. Yeah. So they would pipe in through the broadcast noise. noise to cover that. Or, you know, because you still want to hear it's the It's not hitting. like that's not going to happen in other sports. I've, all of these guys are in their prime or, you know, they're at the, the peak athletic ability. It's not like they're not going to walk around talking shit to each other. Yeah. And you can't have that on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. The, but I was thinking another thing that would be cool is if they did this, they just, you know, if they could figure out a way to make the players not have, like, quote unquote, foul language, right? Or if they had it on a slight delay to where you could, like, bleed yeah. some of it out. But it would be cool, like, if a manager were to get ejected. I want to hear that conversation. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time no, I'm there's with a- you there. Like, I <laughs> really wish I could hear what he's saying right now. Yeah. I would love that. You know, that Terry Collins video was <laughs> There's like a incredible. coach yelling, but really he's like, we're going to go out to dinner after this, right? Like, I'm just making a scene so I can get thrown out. Yeah. But there was a, wasn't there, I think there was a commercial or somebody, I heard something about that. Like, uh, I think it was Tommy Lasorda went out to argue a call and, and basically he was like, that's basically what he said. The umpire told him, or the umpire did some kind of press conference or was quoted later or something. And he was like, Basically, he just said, yeah, I'll talk to this morning. came out here and was just, he's like, I'm just coming out here to yell at you because I know he was out, but my players think he was safe. And if you want to go out to dinner after the game, I'm going to take you out, you know, and all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and it's cool, but I want to hear, I want to I hear the emotion. I would love to hear those arguments. Absolutely. You know, I love the, the breakdowns that the, that the YouTube guy, John Boy does where he, yeah. he kind of breaks down. And he can read the lips sometimes. Yeah. And it's kind of Or he cool. does like bad lip reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cool just to hear this thing. So anyway, we got way off on the tangent here. Whatever. So as far as my thoughts of having a baseball season, I still think we're, I would say 70-30 for having a season in my opinion. I think we'll probably have a season, but at this point it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't have a season. And if they want this whole hypothetical June 10th, July first, second, third, fourth, whatever, July 4th weekend opening day and June 10th spring training now. thing happens, they need to come up with a deal like right now because it's May 31st. Like this next week. Yeah, by by the weekend. Right. They need to have something done. And maybe if I'm a player, I start like preparing like I'm going to be going to spring training in a week because I know that there's some players listening to this other podcast that are kind of just 
hanging you know, out. They're waiting. They're they're in October mode right. as far as their spring training preparation is. And there's players like Bryce Harper, because he was on there a couple weeks ago. Yep. Great interview. Uh, he has been setting all kinds of personal records and lifting because he's like, I've never been able to work out this hard this long. Right. So you've got players on both ends of the spectrum. And if you're going to be going to play baseball in 10 days, you might want to... You might, yeah. you know, get ready. You might want to start Fast. getting ready. And so it's just, I don't know. I hope we have a season yeah. I, like we all do, I'm sure. But I also want it to be as safe as it can be because these are human beings, right? They have families, like we yeah. said before. They have families. They have maybe not like hypothetical real world problems, but they have issues and problems of their own. Yeah. And I hope that it's just as safe as it can be for them. But we all want baseball back, yeah. and we all want to be able to Sa- sit down. Safety is fine. If safety is something that holds up a season that's different than money. Than money. Absolutely. If it's just money, figure out a way to get it done yeah. and stop complaining. Yeah. Both sides. But the problem is, if you're letting money hold this up this year, like we said, when the collective bargaining agreement comes around, Lord knows what's going to happen. Yeah. we uh, If it's... If there's a strike, man, I don't know. It's going to take a long time for baseball. <laughs> it's going to take baseball a long time. Baseball and I are in a fight. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a long time for baseball to recover. Yeah. So I know that uh, it's been a while since we put one of these out, so thanks for all the patience, Continued I guess. support. And, <laughs> and uh, Hopefully we'll have more to talk about. Yeah, we'll be watching the news like two Hawks this week mm-hmm. to see if we can get some kind of deal done between the owners and the players and we can we can start moving towards having baseball start fourth of July weekend most american thing ever oh yeah so yeah. uh just real quick before before we sign off cuz i just remembered have you seen we're going to kind of go into slow pitch softball talk here for a second you saw i sent out a text to you and our team about what the city of reno is going to be doing oh yeah did you oh, did you see the that players are allowed in? Yeah, one way in, we one have way to out. Sit in the stands. Yeah, no, no, the bleachers are going to be removed. No dugouts. No. Uh, I have not heard anything from Sparks yet about it, but I think it's going to be pretty similar, if not yeah. more strict. But they're talking about us starting July sixth. Sick. So we've got a month till we can get on the field and play. Because I know for for sure that I want to get out there and yeah. start playing sounds like we need to start throwing because i'm i we should have been what eight nine weeks we should be almost, almost done with done. spring season by now yep so yeah i want to go up. i want to get out there <laughs> <laughs> and start right. playing so uh anyway thanks for listening guys and yeah and we'll be probably trying to get an episode out a week now since we're going to be glued to the new cycle for the next I'm just saying we're quickly four, approaching episode 10. Four or five days. Yeah, this was episode eight. It's going to be a party. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.